Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 90 and Extra Time podcast. It's me, Rob, again. I hope everybody had a good weekend, hopefully a good football-filled weekend. I can tell you that my weekend did not start off well. Um, went to the uh, the VFB Stuttgart game on Friday. Um, Stuttgart right now is, well, before this game, they were first in the second Bundesliga, and they were playing against last place Wiesbaden at home. So, you know, I was hoping that this would be a good game, high-scoring game for Stuttgart. Um, it did not turn out like that at all. Um, three minutes in, uh, Wiesbaden scored um, this Manuel Schaeffler. Uh, he's actually the top scorer in uh, the second Bundesliga. Um, I can say that this this game was just terrible. It was probably the worst game that I've ever seen Stuttgart play. It seemed like they had like just met each other for the first time. Like you know how some national teams, you know, brand new players get called up. Some of them never played together, or they played together at like you know U15 or whatever, and you know they're still trying to work out kinks. That's how this seemed. Stuttgart seemed like they had no clue what was going on. They kept passing the ball backwards instead of moving it forwards when they were trying to move the ball forwards. Um, just, I don't know, the passes just weren't making it to the, you know, the intended receivers. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was terrible. It was, it was literally the worst game that I've ever seen them play. Um, and, you know, I've been following them now for like 16 years. I mean, it was, it was terrible. Uh, they, I mean, they had a lot of opportunities. I think they hit either the post or the or the crossbar like four times in this game. Um, the possession was crazy. Stuttgart had the ball like eighty five percent of the time. I think was the official uh, the official possession stat, and somehow they end up losing two to one at home against the worst team in the second Bundesliga. Um, like I mentioned, Wiesbaden scored in the third minute. Um, then Stuttgart was able to equalize like eight minutes later, which was fine. And then seven minutes after that, they gave up another goal, which ended up being the decider. Again, it was that Manuel Schaeffler. He, uh, he scored both goals for Wiesbaden. Now, before the, uh, the, the first Stuttgart goal, Daniel Dadavi, you know, he's like a, he's, he's a pretty, I don't want to say he's a Stuttgart legend, but he kind of, he will go down probably. He's like a, a Stuttgart legend. He's a local kid. He played for Stuttgart, then he left. I think he went to Wolfsburg, and then he came back. And, you know, he's like a key part of the, the Stuttgart offense. And he got hurt early. Um, I think it was shortly after that first goal. He's going to be out for six to eight weeks. So who knows what's what's going to happen with Stuttgart now, um, now that he's, he's not going to be there. But if they continue to play like they did after that first goal and after he – had to leave the game due to injury. I mean, I don't know. It looked like they seriously had no clue what was going on. They, you know, like I said, they, they had a couple of times where they, they were moving the ball. You know, they did have some shots on target. Um, they had 29 total shots in this game compared to Wiesbaden six, but Wiesbaden had four shots on target in six, you know, total shots. Stuttgart only had six of their 29 shots on target. And I mean, it was just terrible. And then um, they had Stuttgart had a, a lot of corners too. They had eight corners in the game compared to Wiesbaden's one, and they couldn't do anything. I mean, it, it was it was terrible. And 
the the game was so bad. I, I I hate to even admit this, but we, um, me and the people I was with, me and my wife, and uh, we left early. We left early because the game was that bad. I had never seen so many people getting up to leave. Um, I think people started leaving like before halftime um, and going home. It wasn't a sellout. You know, usually there's about fifty six thousand when there's a sellout. Uh, I think there was only like 48,000 people total in the stadium. But after halftime, it was probably down to like 36 or something. I mean, there was a lot of people that were leaving that game. Um, it was it was disappointing. Um, we left, I think it was about 10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes to go in the game. Um, but they were playing that bad. I mean, the fans were not happy. This can't be blamed on the ref. I mean, there was a couple of calls that, you know, were questionable. But I, I would say they were like even on both sides. Um, this was just Stuttgart not knowing what was going on. I don't know. Um, goalkeeper play was not bad. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of difficult for the goalkeeper when, you know, the ball's right in the box in front of you. You know, the, you know, if the, the opposition's taking those shots, it's going to be hard for you to, to defend against those. Um, and I don't know, man, Stuttgart just, they just weren't doing it. I don't know what it was. Uh Obviously, Daniel Dadavi went out early. He, like I said, he's key to them. I also think they need a little bit more speed up front. You know, everybody likes Mario Gomez, but I think it's time for Mario Gomez to go. I mean, he's in his mid thirties. He's not getting any faster, and it seems like every game that I that I watch that he's starting at least, um, he he's just not fast enough to, you know, like there'll be a through ball. It looks like he he's on his way to get it. The ball will be almost perfect to him and then somehow the defender will either catch him intercept the ball you know knock the ball off the touchline or whatever and he just can't get to it or when he's in the box he'll like whiff the ball completely when he goes to to take a shot so i don't know Ugh. i don't know what they need to do i mean the winter market is coming up you know i don't know we got it's only october i guess but they need to seriously start thinking about adding some pieces because especially up front because Mario Gomez just is not doing it I'm still a little upset that they, they let Donis leave um, I believe he went to Paris or not excuse me out to Paris but to France um, but Mario Gomez just he's just not doing it and you know against a, an opponent like Wiesbaden who they're they're in the bottom they're in the relegation zone I think they still are even after this game um, to to play like they did against Wiesbaden it was it was embarrassing. I mean, it was it was absolutely embarrassing, and uh, that's why I ended up leaving the game early. I just couldn't couldn't take it anymore, you know. Um, but you know, they were sitting on top of the Bundesliga at twenty points before this game. Wiesbaden was in last with four points. Now, okay, so I was wrong. Wiesbaden has not moved up. They're still in last place um, with seven points now. Um, they're only one point behind uh, the 15th, 16th, and 17th places. So if they win or draw another game and the other teams lose, they will move out of the relegation zone. Stuttgart, on the other hand, dropped down to second. Um, so they're still in the automatic promotion spot, uh, but now they're behind Hamburg. Both teams have 20 points, but Hamburg has an advantage of eight goals on goal differential. Um, both those teams, they have 20 and the third place team, uh, Armenia Bielefeld, has 15. So they're five points clear. But if Stuttgart plays the way that they did, 
uh, I hate to say it, but it, it, if they continue like that, they're not going to make it back to the Bundesliga next year. I mean, that was that was a terrible performance. I saw a game, I think the worst game prior to this that I saw them play, um, it was like December of, I want to say 2012. It was in the Europa League group stage. They are playing against uh, Molde from... Uh, I'm not sure which country. Molde is from up north, northern northern Europe. And that game, I mean, yes, it was cold. It was December. I remember it was definitely below freezing. Um, and it was just cold. Like there was not a lot of fans in the in the stands. Uh it was just it was just not a good game. They were not playing well. They ended up losing, I think, two to one. Um, but they still advanced to the knockout stage of the Europa League that year. Um, and I, I thought that was a terrible game for them. But I wish that they would have played the way that they played that game, I mean, seven years ago against Wiesbaden. If they would have done that, or even just the intensity, it seemed like they just did not want to move the ball forward. I don't know. They they did hit the post or the crossbar, crossbar four times, so they were taking their shots. But And, you know, they had 29 total shots, but only six on target. I mean, that's that's terrible, you know. Uh, I just expect more from them. I'm sorry to, you know, start the podcast off with a little rant like that, but you know, I always hope everybody has a good football weekend, and I absolutely did not. Um, it was just terrible, and hopefully they can bounce back from that. You know, now with the international break, um, you know, I guess we'll see what happens and how things go. But uh, yeah, that was that was tragic. So. Uh, their next game is going to be on the 20th. Um, they'll be at home again. They'll be hosting Holstein Kiel. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can do something with that because they need they need something big after the way they stunk it up last time. Um, Holstein right now is in 16th place. They're in that relegation playoff spot. Um, but, I mean... Like I said, Wiesbaden was in last place, still still are in last place, and they came in and they just, I don't know, just made Stuttgart look like they were like a high school team. It was terrible. Alright, so on to the Champions League matches for this past week. Uh, it was match day two. Um, so the first match um, was uh, Real Madrid hosting Club Brugge. Now on paper, um, and you know, just going off of the history of both clubs, you'd expect Real Madrid playing at home to you know easily walk away with this, but they were in trouble. Just like their season is in, I mean, well, they're doing okay in La Liga. They're just not playing, you know, the way that we're all used to seeing them play. Um, it wasn't until Rude Volma from Club Brugge got his second yellow card in the 84th minute that uh, Real Madrid was able to salvage a point at home. Uh, Casemiro scored in the fifth, or excuse me, the 85th minute um, right after that red card um, to, to salvage something, some type of a result for them. So that match ended 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Sergio Ramos scored in the 55th and... Emmanuel Dennis scored both both goals for Club Brugge in the ninth and 39th minute. Um, next, we got Galatasaray. They hosted PSG. Um, Arcadi, I mean, 
he hasn't really been doing much for uh, for Paris. And, you know, Neymar wasn't playing in this game, which I think is the only reason why he did not score. Um, he was still serving that suspension, but, you know, this is the last game that he would miss. Um, that game was pretty uneventful. It was in Turkey. Um, PSG came away with three points. Um, can't really say much more about that. Um, so right now in Group A, we got PSG sitting on top with six points, Club Brugge with two, and Galatasaray is actually in third with one, and Real Madrid is sitting at the bottom right now with one point. Still have yet to win a game in the Champions League group stage. All right, so Group B, we had our Ritzar Belgrade hosting Olympiacos. That match ended 3-1. to one. Um, That game also had uh, two yellows that resulted in a red. Uh, but it didn't didn't really matter. Um, I mean, Olympiacos did have the lead early in the game, so I guess that card did matter because uh, the last three minutes of the game, two different two goals were scored by two different goal scorers. Red Star Belgrade was at home, so you expect them to win, but maybe not beating Olympiacos. Um, and then the match that everybody was talking about, um, you know, I'm hearing people saying, "Oh." Bayern is back, uh, but it was Tottenham Hotspur hosting Bayern Munich. Final score was Tottenham Hotspur 2, Bayern Munich 7. Um, you know, in the first half of this game, uh, you know, it was pretty even. Um, but, I don't know, Tottenham Hotspur, what what exactly happened to them? But, well, I do know what happened to them. Serge Gnabry happened. Um, he had four goals. Uh, he scored in the 53rd, the 55th, the 83rd, and then the 88th minute. And Lewandowski had two, one in the 45th minute, one in the 87th. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess this was, I don't know if you could call it a statement game for, for Bayern Munich. Um, you know, they haven't they haven't done too bad this season. I mean, they're still going to win the Bundesliga, in my opinion. Um, you know, they won their first their first match against uh, Red Star Belgrade in the, the group stage. But uh, Serge Gnabry, I mean, he just, I don't know, he's been doing well for Germany. He's obviously doing well for Bayern. Um, I, mean, I mean, he's just going to be one of those people that uh, he's going to be there. Germany's hosting, uh, today's Monday, so on Wednesday, they'll be hosting Argentina. It's a friendly match here in Germany uh, that I am not going to get to. Uh, so we'll see how many goals he has. I think he scored in like the last four games for Germany. So he's um, definitely staying pretty consistent. All right. So in Group B right now, we have Bayern Munich sitting on top with six points. Red Star Belgrade in second with three. Tottenham in third with one. And Olympiacos in last place with one point. All right. So in Group C... We had Atalanta hosting Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, this match finished um, Atalanta 1, Shakhtar Donetsk 2. Um, you know, it was tied 1-1 until the 95th minute. Uh, Solomon scored to uh, give Shakhtar Donetsk a win on the road. Um, Atalanta, you know, this is their first time ever in the Champions League. So, you know, I mean, they're just not there. I guess they're performing how you would expect them to. You know, first time being in the the tournament. All right, the second match in Group C, we had Manchester City hosting Dynamo Zagreb. 
I mean, you would expect Man City at home to win. Raheem Sterling opened the scoring in the 66th minute. And then the youngster, Phil Foden, scored in the 95th minute. Um, I mentioned a couple of shows ago about that documentary or docu-series on Amazon Prime with Man City. So if you've watched that, then you obviously know who Phil Foden is. If not, Phil Foden is one of the, the youngsters from Man City that has come up through the academy. I think he's 18 or 19 years old. He's extremely young. Um, you know, to, to get a goal in the Champions League for somebody that young is, is especially for a team like Manchester City, is uh, is pretty special. So, um, right now, Group C, we got Manchester United sitting with six points, uh, Dynamo Zagreb, three points, Shakhtar Donetsk, three, and Atalanta still sitting at zero, waiting to get some type of result. All right, in Group D, we had Juventus hosting Bayer Leverkusen. Um, it was Juventus 3, Bayer Leverkusen 0. Higuain scored in the 17th, and Bernadeschi in the 61st, Ronaldo in the 88th. I mean, I would expect that. You know, I, I still think Juventus is going to win the Champions League this year. And they're not doing much to uh, to dissuade me. I mean, they did have that, that weird match against uh, Atletico Madrid, but, you know. Um, speaking of which, the other match... In Group D, it was Locomotive Moscow hosting Atletico Madrid. Um, it was Locomotive Moscow 0, Atletico Madrid 2. Jao Felix scored in the 48th minute. He's the one that everybody's saying, for Portugal at least, is going to be Ronaldo's replacement. He's a youngster. The kid's good. I mean, you know, scoring in the, in the Champions League is always always big. So right now, Group D, um, we got Juventus on top with 4. Atletico Madrid in 2nd with 4 points. Um, Lokomotiv Moscow with three, and Bayer Leverkusen still has yet to win a match or get a result. All right, so the matches for Wednesday, October 2nd, um, Group E, we had Genk hosting Napoli. That game ended in a 0-0 draw. It was extremely boring. I was expecting a lot more from Napoli. I don't know, maybe the weather was a little off for them. But I definitely was expecting at least one goal to be scored in that match. Um, and this match was actually really, really interesting. We had Liverpool hosting Red Bull Salzburg. Um, it ended uh, Liverpool 4, Red Bull Salzburg 3. Um, so we had Sadio Mane scoring first for Liverpool in the ninth minute. And then uh, Andrew Robertson scoring in the 25th. And then Mohamed Salah had two goals also, one in the 36th and one in the 39th, or excuse me, 69th. Um, but, you know, RB Leipzig, they, you know, I mean, they tried. They were they were there basically the, the entire match until Mo Salah got that last goal. It was 3-3. Thought they were going to get a point at Anfield. They almost did. Um, and again, this Erling Holland kid scored again. He scored the, the third goal for RB uh, Red Bull Salzburg. So, um, so right now in Group E, we have Napoli sitting on top with four points. Liverpool in second with three. RB Leipzig in third with three. And Genk in fourth with one. Um, let's see. Group F. We got uh, Slavia Prague hosted Borussia Dortmund. Uh, the final score was... Slavia Prague 0, Borussia Dortmund 2, and Ashraf Hakimi. Um, he scored both goals for uh, Dortmund, one in the 35th and one in the 89th minute. 
Um, next match, we had Barcelona hosting Inter Milan. I thought this was the, the match of the match day. Um, but the final score was Barcelona 2, Inter 1. Luis Suarez scored twice, once in the 58th minute and again in the 84th minute. And then Martinez scored early for Inter Milan. Um, but Inter ended up, you know, losing at Barcelona. So right now, Group F standings, we got uh, Borussia Dortmund with four, Barcelona with four, Slavia Prague with one, and Inter Milan with one. All right, Group G, Zenit St. Petersburg hosted Benfica. Final score was uh, Zenit three, Benfica one. Um, Benfica actually had an own goal in the 70th minute. Uh, and then they, they scored in the 85th minute to make it three to one. That was the final goal, but um, it wasn't, you know, obviously they couldn't do enough. You give up an own goal. It's, it's kind of tough to come back, especially the other team already is, has a goal. It's pretty rough. And we had uh, RB Leipzig hosting Lyon. That game finished uh, RB Leipzig 0, Lyon 2. Memphis Depay opened the scoring in the 11th minute. And then Martin Terrier, Terry is probably pronounced. Um, He had a goal in the 65th. So right now, Group G standings. After two match days, we got Zenit St. Petersburg on top with four points. Lyon in second with four. RB Leipzig in third with three. And Benfica, surprisingly, zero points in two matches. All right, final group, Group H. We had Lille hosting Chelsea. Final score was Lille 1, Chelsea 2. Um, Abraham, um, this kid is, he's pretty legit. Um, he opened the scoring in the 22nd minute, and then... Uh, Leo got an equalizer in the 33rd before Willian, you know, closed the gate in the 77th minute. Um, yeah, next match, the final match, we had Valencia hosting Ajax. Final score: Valencia zero, Ajax three. Um, Ziyech had the first goal eight minute in the eighth minute, and I mean. I was actually surprised that uh, Valencia wasn't able to do anything against Ajax, at least score a goal. Um, but right now, Ajax is sitting on top of the group. They haven't lost yet. They got six points. Valencia is in second with three, followed by Chelsea with three. And Lille still has yet to win a match or get a result. They're sitting with zero points at the moment. Uh, the Champions League is going to be on about a two-week break. Um, so match day three will not be until October 22nd. Um, so this week we won't have any Champions League. But this week we do get to enjoy yet another international break. In some of the top leagues, um, I'm just going to briefly hit over some of the games because I still want to cover... Um, the matches that are happening this week for the international break. So I'm not going to take as much time to go into the results from, uh, you know, the big leagues this week. But uh, we had some shock results in the Premier League, um, the Bundesliga, uh, La Liga, and uh, Serie A. So Manchester United continues to struggle. They lost on the road um, 1-0 to Newcastle. Um, 
like I said, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't know when I mentioned it, but I don't think um, their manager, um, Ole, I don't think he's going to make it past December. I mean, I think Christmas, if he can make it that far, he might be there till Christmas. I don't know. I, I just don't see him surviving, um, especially with the way that Man U is playing. Um, and then the other shock, um, we have Man City 0, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2. Uh, I didn't get to see this game, so I'm not exactly sure what happened, but uh, it's it's weird to see them get blanked like that. And now uh, Man City, because Liverpool won this weekend, so Man City is eight points behind Liverpool, um, which, you know, I think last year at Christmas they were nine points behind Liverpool um, on New Year's Day, and obviously they came back and won the championship by one point. Um, so we'll see. I mean, that's, that's always tough to, that's tough to, to make up those points. And I think this year, the Liverpool team is better than they were last year. Um, I don't know. And then you have team that they still get to play Manchester United, who's not doing well. Um, Tottenham also, who's not doing well. Speaking of which Tottenham lost, um, to Brighton and Hove Albion. It was Brighton three. Tottenham zero. Now Tottenham was playing on the road, but uh, I mean you just don't see, expect to see Brighton um, getting a clean sheet against Tottenham. I mean that's that's just insane. All right, in the Bundesliga, uh, Dortmund was held to a two-two draw uh, against uh, Freiburg. Dortmund was playing on the road, you know, and one point is better than nothing. And then another shock: Bayern at home. Lost one to two to Hoffenheim. Now I started the podcast off talking about how bad I thought Stuttgart played against Wiesbaden, and I'm sure if you talk to any Bayern fan um, today, they will be saying the exact same thing that it was, you know, that Bayern was just not playing well. Um, they're not used to playing bad like that, especially coming off that big win they had against Tottenham in London last week. Um, I still think Bayern is going to win the Bundesliga um, with no issues, but uh, the Bundesliga actually is looking completely different than the, well, the table, I should say, it's looking completely different than most people are used to seeing it. Um, right now, the top five in the Bundesliga, we got on top Borussia Mönchengladbach with 16 points in seven matches, Wolfsburg in second with 15 points. Bayern in third with 14. RB Leipzig is tied for fourth with uh, Freiburg. They both have 14 points. They both have the same goal differential. They both have scored and allowed the same amount of goals. Um, I read a stat that this is the first time that uh, since 1985 that Borussia Mönchengladbach has been sitting on top of the Bundesliga table by themselves. Like, they're one point clear of second place. Um, so since 1985, this is the first time they sat up there in the top spot, not sharing it with another team. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy if you think about it. Uh, wow, I was like six years old. That's that's crazy. Um, and Schalke right now is in sixth place in the Bundesliga. I mean, that's that table does not look like anything that most of us are used to are used to seeing. All right, in La Liga. Um, Atletico Madrid was held to a 0-0 draw on the road against Real Valladolid. 
and in Syria, Inter Milan was hosting Juventus, and Juventus won that one two to one. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo did not score in that match, but uh, Higuain um, Higuain scored the the winner, and Paulo Dybala actually opened the scoring in the fourth minute. Um, and Martinez scored for Inter. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so those are just some of the the, the standout matches um, across Europe. Uh, excuse me, across Europe. Um, I mean, there were some shocks. I just didn't expect to see uh, Bayern lose. Didn't expect to definitely did not expect to see um, Man City lose. Man, you. I mean, I don't know. They're just not doing well at all this season. They, I don't know. They just haven't been. Um, I didn't want to skip over League 1. Um, Amiens beat Marseille. I guess you could say that was a a surprise match. Um, PSG put up four against Angers. They were in Paris, though, so it's not really a surprise. Um, Neymar actually scored the last goal in that game, so, you know, he's doing well. I'm sure Paris will be happy to get him back in the Champions League. You know when it restarts um, in two weeks, and right now PSG is sitting on top of the table with 21 points in nine matches. So they dropped six, and right now Nantes is in second place, Angers in third. So yeah, that's basically all I got for the the top leagues in Europe for this week. So, unfortunately, we are at another international break. Um, And after this one, we will have one more um, in 2019. Um, Euro 2020 qualifying will be picking up this week. Um, It'll be round seven. Um, No team has qualified yet for Euro 2020. And because there is no host um, for this version of the tournament, you know, there is no automatic qualification. Um, so in Group C, the uh, the biggest match, for this match day at least, I see is uh, the Netherlands hosting Northern Ireland. Um, and then in Group E, we have Slovakia hosting Wales. Um, let's see. Belgium in Group I gets an easy match. It will be Belgium hosting San Marino. Um, Russia actually is hosting Scotland, though, in Group I. That that may actually be a, a decent match to watch. Uh, let's see. In Group A, uh, we got the Czech Republic hosting England. Um, Iceland hosting France. That may actually be a pretty decent match. Um, I'm not sure if those two played each other at the last Euros in 2016 or not, but I do remember that... Uh, Iceland had a, um, you know, they had a really, really good run in that tournament. Um, let's see, we got Norway hosting Spain. Italy is hosting Greece, and Italy's been kind of struggling a little bit in uh, Euro qualifying. Um, but right now, the way that it sits, uh, Group A, we got um, England and the Czech Republic. In those two automatic qualifying spots 
with 12 and 9 points respectively. Kosovo's in third with 8 points, so they're right there. Um, in Group B, we got Ukraine sitting on top of Group B with 13 points. Um, Portugal is in second with 8, and Serbia is in third with 7. But Serbia's played 5 matches as well as the Ukraine, and Portugal has only played 4. Um, let's see, Group C, we got Germany and Northern Ireland sitting on top. Both have 12 points each. The Netherlands is sitting in third with nine points, but they've only played four matches. Um, group D, we got Ireland and Denmark sitting on top with 11 and nine points, and Switzerland in third with eight. But Switzerland has only played four matches. The other two have played five. Um, group E, we have Croatia and Slovakia sitting on top with 10 and nine points respectively, and then Hungary in third with nine points. Group F, um, Spain has yet to lose a game. They're sitting on top with 18 points in six matches. And Sweden's in second with 11. Romania is in third with 10. And actually Norway's in fourth with nine. So, I mean, they're within one game of each other points-wise. Um, group G, we got Poland sitting on top. Uh, they got 13 points in six matches. Slovenia is in second with 11 points. Austria is in third with 10. And North Macedonia and Israel are both sitting at eight points. Group H, um, Turkey and France are both sitting on top with 15 points. Um, and Iceland's in third with 12, Albania with nine. Group I, Belgium has yet to lose a game. They're sitting on top 18 points in six matches. Russia is in second with 15 points in six matches. And Kazakhstan, and Cyprus are in third and fourth, both with seven points. Group J, Italy has not won, or excuse me, has not won, has not lost. They have uh, 18 points in six matches. Finland's in second with uh, 12 points. Armenia with nine, and then Bosnia and Herzegovina with seven. So, um, I mean, it should be fairly decent. Uh, hopefully some teams will qualify after this match day. Of course, there's always a possibility that they won't. Um, all the qualifying matches will be completed at next month in the final uh, international break of the year. And then we can look forward to the group stage draw for Euro 2020. Um, the U.S. is actually playing in the CONCACAF Nations League, first year of it. Um, and on the 11th, they will be hosting Cuba in Washington, D.C. And then... Um, they will be playing against Canada in Toronto on the 15th of October. So um, depending on how the, the time goes, um, when the matches are, i got to look at the, the, what time they're slotted for. I may stay up to watch those, or they may just be matches that I watch later on. Um, but I definitely will watch them regardless. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, as I mentioned, Germany is playing... Um, Argentina on Wednesday, and then the next match after that, they will go to Estonia to play for their Euro qualifier, and regardless, I will definitely be watching those because they those are just on regular German television, and I'm in that time zone, so <laughs> I will definitely be watching that, plus, you know, I'm sure my wife's going to want to watch it too, so look forward to that, we'll see how it goes. So, in other national team news, um, Brazil will also be playing two games 
they're just friendlies. They're still part of that Brazil Global Tour. Um, Brazil is going to be playing against Senegal on the 10th of October in Singapore. And then they will be playing um, Nigeria on the 13th of October, also in Singapore. Um, that first game is big because Neymar uh, got called up for both matches. And the first game against Senegal will be his 100th cap for um, Brazil. So, you know, that's that's pretty big, big for him, you know. Um, but I also wanted to add some Neymar news, something that I, that I read from a couple of sources. Um, obviously, you know, he's still trying to do what he can. I mean, he's still scoring in Paris. You know, the fans are appreciating, I'm sure, him scoring despite the drama that happened this summer. But um, because Griezmann hasn't been performing so well in Barcelona, I read that there's the possibility, not in the winter transfer market, but next summer, that uh, Barcelona and Paris may do a swap plus cash, obviously, um, Neymar for Griezmann, which I think would be good for Griezmann to go to Paris. You know, he's French, but he's been spending a lot of time in Spain. He has Spanish and German roots, I guess. Um, but I think that would be that would be beneficial for both because Griezmann hasn't been doing too well. I mean, you know, his stats are there, but it just seems like he's not really part of the Barcelona team. I mean, you know, there was the whole thing with his, like, LeBron James-type decision thing a couple of years ago, and, you know, he had some movie about himself or whatever. Um, plus, you know, that that locker room in Barcelona was, you know, pretty cohesive, I guess. And then he comes in and, you know, obviously Suarez and Messi had their injury issues, but it just seems like he's still trying to find his place on the team. Um, if Neymar comes back to Barcelona, obviously Griezmann would have to leave. Then Griezmann could legitimately make Paris his team. I mean, everybody in France already loves him, you know, for winning the world cup and, you know, just because he's French and uh, I think that would be just a better spot for him to to be at. I mean, you know, being at Barcelona is, is great, I'm sure. But uh, who wouldn't want to be like the man in Paris, you know? And maybe they'll be able to give him, you know, a better supporting cast. He will be the man instead of being behind Messi and Suarez. And I see that as kind of being a win-win because then Neymar gets to leave and go back. And he may be welcomed by the Barcelona fans because, you know, Griezmann's not really fitting in, um, but we'll see. There's always some some Neymar news, or so it seems. But uh, with that, I'm going to close out the podcast. I know I went on my little rant earlier. It was like a 10-minute rant about Stuttgart, um, but there's always going to be some Stuttgart news. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this international break. Uh, it seems like we were literally just talking about the last one. Um, yeah. There's some decent matches, you know, if your team, uh, your club team lost right before the uh, the international break, you know, you're still going to have to deal with that sting like me, uh, but hopefully your national team or whoever it is that you support does well during this, whether it's friendlies or it's for, you know, continental qualifying or whatever. Um, as always, you guys can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for 90 and Extra Time, and you can email me at 90 and Extra Time at gmail.com. Alright, um, I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you to everybody out there that's supporting the podcast, the your listens and your
comments and likes. Um, I truly appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great week and enjoy some football. I'll talk to you in a week. All right. Bye.